The Ready, Set, Grow podcast is sponsored by Ag Expert, software designed for Canadian agriculture. Visit them today at agexpert.ca. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast, where we like to showcase startup and early stage companies, as well as visit with innovators in the agriculture and food industry. Today, we're here with Diana Laternis and special guest Dana McCauley, Director of New Venture Creation in the Research Innovation Office at the University of Guelph. Dana, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so I, I've had sort of um, uh, an interesting career. I, I've spent my time sort of getting further away from people's mouths. I started out as a chef where I could literally see the people eating the food I created. Uh, then I had a stint in food media, uh, was a cookbook author, and uh, that got some cool attention from the outside world on my work. And I started to develop products and eventually became an executive in, in several different manufacturing companies where I was in charge of uh, marketing and innovation and developed profitable new products. And from there, I, I got into the startup world. I, I took all that experience and I was the founding executive director of Food Starter, which was a, uh, a incubator and accelerator sponsored by the city of Toronto, where in like two years and a bit, I, I worked with over 140 food companies to help them to get launched and into market. And I left there to join the University of Guelph, where now I use all of those skills to help some of Canada's smartest people take their knowledge and their inventions and turn them into innovations that can have impact on the Canadian economy. Cool history and background, Dana. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the projects that you're working on or maybe some of the different companies uh, that yeah. you guys get to work with? It's really an interesting time for me in my role at the University of Guelph. When I joined in November 2017, we had some really successful spin-out companies like Morexis and, and, and others that would be names that you know listeners to this podca podcast might recognize. But we didn't really have a program to help people who wanted to do that, to, to do it more successfully. So my team and I started uh, our first pilot cohort of, of incubation programming in January. January 2018. And since then, we now have a really robust pipeline of companies that are either uh, accelerated. In fact, we've already had one exit. One of our companies, uh, WeVitro, was purchased by a competitor and, uh, and that founder is, is you know, moved on to other things. Uh, and we have lots of companies that are in what we call pre-acceleration, which is we're grooming them to be ready for things like the RH Accelerator or, or for venture capital investment. And uh, it's everything from, you know, it's all the full agri-food uh, uh, complement. So we've got a couple of food companies like Neophyto Foods, which is doing really well with a product called Neokit, which is a plant-based meat uh, type of a, of a concept that, you know, you can just make any time all the way up to like really high tech, cool stuff like Harvest Genomics, which is a DNA sequencing uh, company that, that goes right onto farms and right into greenhouses to give people information that they need right now to make decisions about their, their agricultural businesses. So it's uh, lots of variety and I learned so much from these amazing, uh, amazing innovators. 
I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't uh, familiar with a lot of the things going on at the University of Guelph. Uh, can you just tell us about some of the entrepreneurial programs? Thanks for asking about that because it's a really dynamic time. Last year, we were really fortunate to uh, add a new position to the university. So Dr. Felix Arndt has joined us as the chair in entrepreneurship at the Lang School of Business. And we now have a minor in entrepreneurship and he's working on MBA programs that will focus on entrepreneurship and the food business and many other exciting and new things. We also have a, a student entrepreneurship center called the Wood Center, where they work on the extracurricular and the curricular side of entrepreneurship. So they're working right with students and going into classrooms and, and helping people who want to just invent any kind of business. And then my group, we work as a service group to the researchers. So we're all about getting that IP, getting that knowledge that's been developed in the labs into uh, into the marketplace. So we're if uh, if the other things are sort of like the general practice, you know, your GP doctor, we're sort of the specialists who are like, okay, how do you take this complex um, new thing that's potentially disruptive and and find the right positioning and uh, make sure there's product market fit. So we're, our, our ecosystem's matured super fast and it's a really exciting time at the University of Guelph for entrepreneurship. Cool. Dana, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you see in the egg industry in food, like some of the trends that are coming or mm. any of the insights that you have that you see that uh, are on the horizon? Yeah, it's a really difficult time for people to sort out the food trends and the and the drivers behind consumer behavior because we're in such an unusual time, right? So are we going to be sitting around at home watching TikTok and, and wanting to share with everybody how to fold a tortilla sandwich next year? No, we're, we're hopefully going to be out living our lives and eating tortilla sandwiches with other people. So uh, you know, optimizing innovation pipelines right now is super important. And I think that the things that innovators in the agri-food vertical should be thinking about are, are what do consumers care about? So right now I'm seeing lots and lots of uh, interest in immunity. So if you are choosing, if, if you're a producer and you're choosing between seed A and seed B, if one of them is going to be in higher antioxidant content and you'll be able to position it as, as being, you know, an immunity boosting um, uh, ingredient. And likewise, if you're manufacturing something and you think you can have a call out uh, that, that speaks to immunity, great place to be. Also, you know, a lot of people have been very badly affected economically by this whole year plus that we've we've had to be out of our normal uh, work environments, particularly gig economy workers and those in the tourism and food service. So longer term, and I think it's like for sure five years and probably 10 years, we're going to see a lot more value consumers. So and they're generally people who are trading down. So they don't feel great about shopping the flyers and going to discount chains. So being able to think about how you can give a premium experience for an excellent price is going to make uh, for a lot of brand loyalty, I think, going forward. Uh, and, uh, and just this, you know, the whole idea of people wanting a lot of information about the food that they're putting into their bodies and about how it was produced. So, you know, kind of expanding clean eating from being just ingredients you can pronounce to being 
you know, really transparent. So I think if I were running a food manufacturing company right now, I would be putting cameras into my production area so people could see how the food was made. And I'd be sharing a lot of information about the health and safety and sick days and all that kind of stuff that I gave my employees because I think those are really top of mind. And if I were a producer, uh, or in the supply chain, I would be sharing as much information as possible about how, you know, you do quality assurance and how you make sure that there's no cross contamination and 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 really emphasizing purity. Because they say it takes six weeks to make a habit. Well, it's 13, 14 months in now, so we are all hyper focused on cleanliness and process and. And, and purity. So those are, are three big buckets. There's obviously going to be lots of other, you know, flavor trends and things like that, that, that emerge, but those are some, some big macro things to focus on. Well, those are, those are really good, uh, Dana. Do you see anything in the plant uh, space that you're seeing? Like there's a lot of this plant protein discussion. Mm. And so you see different products arising. Do you, do you see that as well? Absolutely. You know, I, I firmly believe that uh, the next generation, uh, Gen Z, will be a big driver in the growth of plant-based foods, plant-based clothing, plant-based, you know, everything. And, and that falls mostly to the young women in that cohort. So the Gen Zs, if you think about, you know, Gen Zs that you might recognize, it's the Greta Thunbergs, the Billie Eilishes, you know, they're very influential and they're kind of the first generation of fully realized feminists you know they own their voice they own their sexuality and they're really comfortable being active and those are going to be the next batch of moms and uh guess what they're going to pass those values down into their uh family values and there's going to be a, a real push for sustainability and ecology in that next uh whatever we'll call the group that comes after gen z and that's that's long term so i think you know over the next century if we look back you know a century ago it was the end of the edwardian period it was a time of of luxury and indulgence and you guys might know that you know i started my career writing a cookbook about the edwardian period last dinner on the titanic so i'm i'm always making these comparisons and understanding how much things can change in a hundred years uh i really think that you know I don't think meat will go anywhere, but it might become a little bit more like champagne um, or, you know, a better bottle of wine that you you have meat and animal products on your table in uh, 21, 21 uh, as sort of sometimes foods and specialty occasion foods. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting research that, that corroborates that. My colleague, Dr. Simon Samoji, uh, he's the chair in food business for the Errol Food Institute. He's doing a, uh, um, some research right now that'll hopefully be released later this spring about people's attitudes towards cellular agriculture, which is, you know, which is meat but not meat, you know, where you just take some cells uh, and you, you grow a, a, a protein. So uh, um, it's an evolving space and it's, uh, it's probably, we're in a bit of a golden age of food science. It's really exciting to be in this, in this, uh, in this business at this time. Um, you're, you're a woman of leadership, you know, and been in leadership positions, right? <laughs> and so I'm sure you have lots of tips for the audience in terms of, you know, what kinds of things can you relate to you know, 
young entrepreneurs or, um, you know, people that are striving to be in leadership, uh, you know, what are some of your tips that you can give the audience that would help? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm most proud when people who've been on my teams in the past are really successful. And, and, uh, and, and I think that drives the way I approach leadership. Like I'm always trying to lift up people, you know, and trying to give them new experiences. And, you know, I, I'm conscious of the fact that, that, you know, the types of people I want to work with aren't the types of people who are going to be content staying in a job for 20 years. So, you know, just going into a new relationship with an employee or, or a partner where I know that, you know, my job is to, to help them to do a good job in what they're doing to get them ready for the next thing. That's worked really, really well for me. And, and I now collaborate with many people who used to be on my team uh, and they're now my peers. And, and that's, that's a really you know, big, big part of, of what I like to do. As far as entrepreneurs go, please don't listen to those people who tell you that you just gotta keep grinding it. You gotta keep like working it. Cause guess what? You know what? You're a human being, you're not a machine. You need to have a balanced set of interests to be creative. You, if you just keep like mono focus on one thing all the time, you're, you're not going to be as creative and innovative as if you have varied experiences and varied types of people you speak to and you widen your reading. So make time to be a person and a uh, first and an entrepreneur second. Mm -hmm. Do you have any good resources? Like books you've seen or books you've read movies you've seen or just any anything that could be uh you know somebody could look up and and help them well if you're starting a business of any kind i think you know there's lots of great entrepreneurship programs out there but the best like book if you you know are a complete uh do it yourselfer that i found is the mit uh disciplined entrepreneurship there's a book and a workbook the book is great. The workbook is invaluable. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Simon Sinek's Starts With Why. I think it's a great book, particularly for, for developing concepts for that, that Gen Z that I, I, I spoke about. In fact, I, I often joke that if I could eat that book and make it part of me, I would. So I recommend it uh, very, very highly. Those are definitely good suggestions. Um, in terms of, you know, some of the things, projects you're working on, I know the layer is a big uh, project that's yes. coming up. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that? Thank you so much for asking. Yes. Yeah, so each year I mentioned to you the types of companies I have coming out of the research enterprise at the University of Guelph. So every year we call through all the awesome uh, entrepreneurs and we choose five who we think have a really important and validated value proposition. And we do this uh, pitch competition. And it's not, these aren't companies that are ready for investment. These are companies who have something to tell the world. And we do it because we want to form partnerships. My, I'm not creating uh, CEOs with my program because they're researchers. We want them to keep inventing things. I'm creating technologies that industry can either invest in and become, you know, co-owners of, or they can license or what have you. So this is the first look at all of these amazing and interesting things that are ready for, it's almost like a debutante's ball, if we could, <laughs> could put it into a, an interesting reference. So this year, it's going to be on May 19th. It's online. And if you, uh, you know, go to the University of Guelph's uh, webpage and put in Griffin's Lair, and Lair is spelled 
L-A-A-I-R, which is an acronym for Leading to the Accelerated Adoption of Innovative Research, uh, then you'll be able to, to you know, join us. It's going to be a 45-minute online event on uh, the 19th at 1 p.m. Great stuff. I've attended the one uh, previous and it was all virtual because it was during COVID and just really enjoyed it. Some really good pitches of different companies, new and innovative ideas. And so anything from a producer to industry to an investor, uh, you'll get something from this uh, event for sure. So Thank you. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, I totally did. And I think, yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of those companies have gone on to bigger and better things. So that's, you know, that's really good because they need that. They need that help to get known in the industry. And you guys are showcasing it really well. So are there any other projects that you wanted to talk about, Dana, that are happening at the U of G that you wanted to mention or things that in the food space that, um, you know, you want to share? Yeah, sure. The one thing that's exciting, I mentioned to you about how there's all this dynamic activity around entrepreneurship at the University of Guelph. So one thing that we've launched uh, as a pilot and is going uh, very soon to be, you know, a more um, more accessible on our website uh, tool is the Guelph Guide to Entrepreneurship. There's resources there from across the ecosystem, that that uh, Golden Horseshoe sort of entrepreneurship ecosystem uh, that are sort of just like one click away. And you can always get more information about what's happening on campus there. And if anybody has events or, or um, tools or workshops that they'd like to share and have on the Guelph Guide to Entrepreneurship, it is a community project it just happens to be uh hosted on on our web page so uh, that's awesome um in the next like probably five years there's going to be a lot of changes in the agriculture and food uh, industry mm-hmm. uh what's the probably one or two things that you're most excited to watch in that time yeah that's a big question because there's you know, it just seems like there's change every day. So I feel like by the time it comes out of my mouth, it'll be out of date. But I, I'm really interested in in uh, predictive tools that I'm seeing happen. So for instance, uh, Harvest Genomics, one of our, our companies that, uh, and actually the company that won the Griffin's Lair pitch last year, they recently did a project with the Ontario Greenhouse Vegetable Growers where they were able to show that they could go into a greenhouse uh, like a week before an outbreak of, of these pests, these, these, these annoying, uh, terrible bugs that, that can ruin like a $10 million crop of, of tomatoes, and they could predict that it was happening, and then corrective measures could, could be taken. And that, to me, is, is as somebody who's a gardener uh, and lives in farming country and where I you know, see some of my neighbors, you know, sitting there looking like, oh, when's, when's the soy, soybean going to be at 14% uh, moisture? When can I harvest? And, and that there's all that waiting. I, I think that's going to be very empowering for producers to have more predictive tools. And, and of course, sensors are part of that. And, uh, and, and that whole agri-tech um, you know, what, what we'll do with all that data we're capturing. I have a, a group of, of colleagues who are working on AgriData Canada, which is, is a small project right now, but if it goes well, will be a big project where people can access all kinds of data that's been captured and use it 
for all kinds of creative purposes. And that is, that's really exciting because I think stuff we haven't even thought of will come out of, out of that sharing of, of information and, and the different kinds of analysis that, that big thinkers will, will do on, on stuff that we just think of as some numbers. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Are you working on anything in the robotics and automation space in agriculture? Yeah, we do have some researchers working on robotics uh, at the university. What we've discovered, and I'm certainly not 100% up to speed, but one of the things we've discovered is that, again, on that analytic side and on that data gathering side, we seem to have a lot more um, uh, power and, and value with robots in agriculture than with harvesting and things like that. The dexterity of robots, it's still, it's excellent, but it's still not a human hand, you know, to gently like pull an apple or a tomato off a vine. Uh, but what they can learn and see and, and tell you about what's happening seems to be where they're, they're most valuable right now. Yeah, thanks uh, for sharing that, uh, Dana. Um, before we head out, is there anything else you'd want our viewers to know about? Yeah, I'm not off the top of my head, to be perfectly honest. I feel like I've, I've given you a lot of information. Uh, I guess I would just say that if anybody who's, who's listening or watching this is interested in working with the University of Guelph, you know, we are always looking for external partners and uh, we have a whole team of industry liaison officers who can help uh, external partners to understand how they can can work with us to solve their complex scientific problems. So never hesitate to reach out. Uh, and um, yeah, we're you know we're we're here to 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 improve everyone's life. I hope. How can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah, I'm really active on Twitter, uh, and that seems to be where a lot of the agri-food folks are. So my handle there is at Dana McCauley, just spelt the way uh, the way you see it. And uh, on Instagram, I, I have a handle called at Blue Unicorn Innovation, which is my side hustle, where I do a lot of interaction with uh, food companies because they seem to be more on Instagram. So that uh, if you want to keep up with, with my insights or have conversations, I, I'm active on both of those handles pretty much daily perfect and i just wanted to thank our listeners for tuning into the ready set grow podcast and thank you again dana for joining us to talk about uh, the research and innovation uh, at the university of guelph it was my pleasure i know i might have sounded a bit gushy but the fact is is it's just really a cool place to be right now and there's so much good news to share